Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. All right, it is great to be home. We had a wonderful time, as Pastor Chris said, in Boston, Massachusetts last week, suburb of Boston, Marlboro, great church there called Metro Church. I've been preaching at for about 10 years, and uh, I'm on their uh, advisory board up there. It's just great to see what God is doing around the country and around the world, and I appreciate you sending me out, give me a little more uh, freedom this season, just be out a little bit and know that we're not neglecting you. You have a great team here. Pastor Lindsay's word last week was fantastic, <laughs> called Super Bloom. If you didn't get a chance to see it or hear it, it's online, available uh, anytime. And I, I love that thought. If you were here, Super Bloom, he talked about a desert place in, in, the, uh, in Death Valley where it can get so, so hot and uh, and yet there are seeds that are still there in the ground. They just don't have the conditions to grow. And every once in a while, they get a little more rainfall or a little more right conditions and boom, the whole thing super blooms into wildflowers in the desert. You know, that's scriptural. The Bible says he'll, he'll, he'll make the desert bloom and rejoice. That's a miracle of God, but everything begins with seed, right? So today we uh, finish up our series called Dream On. Uh, a message I call Sweet Dreams. Ephesians 3 is where we're going to begin in the Passion Translation. We've in a couple other places, okay? Hope you have your copy of God's Word today, or at least electronically. Ephesians 3, 20 verse, uh, from, from uh, Passion says this, Never doubt God's mighty power unless you see a storm coming up the gulf that's headed toward you and they say it's going to be a disaster. No, no. No, never doubt God's mighty power, unless you have something bad going on in your life and then you can pray for somebody. No, never, are you getting this? Never, ever, ever, ever doubt God's mighty power. I could just preach on that the whole time. To work in you and accomplish all this, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I love that. In a world that seems to have run out of gas, run out of fuel, running in fear, the Bible says if you believe God and embrace him, he'll energize you. I wanna weave in Isaiah 54 from the Passion and this is for those of you, this is not literal barrenness, but it can be, but it can be about barrenness of your dream. Sing, Isaiah 54 verse one says, sing barren woman, barren person who's never given birth, never had a baby, fill the air with song. You have never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more, far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Thank you for that overwhelming response to the word. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, think big. That's dreaming God's way, amen? Make your tents large. 
Reminds me of the guy that went to the psychiatrist for, for relief. He said, I'm having these strange dreams. He said, what are you having? He said, one day I, I dreamed I was like in the Boy Scouts, you know, and I, I was like a, like a, a pup tent. He goes, what are you a pup? What is, he goes, yeah, and then the, the next night I dreamed that I was like in an Indian village and I, I, I felt like a, I, I was like a wigwam. He goes, well, I know your problem. You're too tense. <laughs> Never, anyway, sorry. Said it reminded me. I didn't say it was good. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you're born again today, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not just a new and improved version of your former self. Your old self has faded out. Your old self is dead and your new life, the, the, Kenneth Copeland says, you're a new species. You're a brand new species of being that the world has never seen before. You're a child of God. Amen? Let's pray one more time. Father, open the eyes of our heart. Let people's eyes be upon you as we sit at your feet, Jesus, to learn from you and to grow in wisdom and knowledge in Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to tell you about sweet dreams. They're made of this. Who am I to disagree? I travel the world in the seven seas, and everybody's looking for something. Some people have no idea of that reference. That's okay. <clears throat> That's all right. Dreams are not supposed to be selfish aspirations. You know, the, the, the 80s crew knows. The, the 80s crew gets it. Anyway, I just hear that in my head when I talk about sweet dreams. Anyway, dreams are not just supposed to be selfish aspirations, but significant God whispers or revelations to our hearts that help us focus on our God-given purpose. It's not about you conjuring up what you want to be or trying to make something happen that you had a fleeting thought of one time. That's not the dreams we're talking about. We're talking about God destiny. So I want to clarify that. <clears throat> Your destiny only requires submission to God. Listen, submit to God plus obedient action. James 1 says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. So you got to, you, your destiny, your dream, you have to submit it to God. You can't just grab a hold of something and say, well, this is what I want. And, and listen, if you've ever had a prophetic word, the Bible says, by the words you, you've received, by prophetic words, you stand on those and you wage a good warfare. But let me just tell you something. Some prophecies have to be set on a shelf for years. Otherwise, we get our own interpretation of a timing. And I see a lot of heads nodding because I think you, some of you have been around like I have and you know that you got excited because you had a prophetic word one time and you thought that meant, you know, on, you got a prophetic word on Sunday at church and you thought that meant Tuesday, it's gonna happen. We've been there. <laughs> we've been there. We've, we've, we've chased those things to say, God, yes, we're willing. Okay, we'll do this. God said, okay, now that I know you're willing, let's put it back on the shelf because I'm not trying to make it happen by tomorrow. God's not in a hurry. Dreams and destiny don't happen overnight. As with Joseph, who we keep mentioning uh, every week this month, <clears throat> with Joseph, it took a lifetime. 
for the fulfillment of it. It took years and years, decades, significant things. But you have to be a doer of the word. I heard somebody say recently, submit to God. James says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. This is what he said. He said, if the devil's not fleeing, then you either you're not submitting to God or you're not really resisting the enemy. So if, you've, if, you've, if you buke the devil and he didn't buke, then rebuke him. <laughs> and if you rebuke him and he's still not leaving, if he's not running away from you, then you need to be more submitted to God and you need to stand against that thing, that spirit, that, that demonic resistance you need to stand against it because if you submit yourself to God and resist the devil effectively, the devil's gonna run away, okay? So these are the kind of things we need to know. Now, <clears throat> everything God does works through faith. Someone has to hear the word. Someone lights up in your heart. You respond to it with childlike expectation and you trust God to see it manifested. Do you do something? Yes, but you don't, the, the doing is, is trusting. The main doing when you're waiting for your dream is trusting in God's will, God's timing. Timing is everything. And God's time and our time, have you ever noticed that God's time is not your time? That, that when you're in a hurry, God's not like rushing around trying to make something happen for you. He's not nervous. He's not biting his nails and, and you know, worried about planets or, you know, worried about, you know, down payments on galaxies. God's not nervous. He loves you. He cares for you. And he wants to take care of you. But you have to trust God. So what is our faith in? Because here's the problem. A lot of times when we talk about faith in church, and you may have seen those signs all over town from the pandemic, faith over fear, faith over fear. Well, faith over fear, that's a nice little slogan. But what does it mean if you're actually in your house going, ah! it's, you know, faith over fear is not just a nice little pleasantry. It's not like a sign. Faith is not in our own faith. See, a lot of people, a lot of times, even in church, we talk about faith, believe God, trust God. Yes, but your faith is not set on your, on your own ability to believe. Your faith is set on God, who you trust and who you believe, and especially on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's what our faith is. Our faith is in that when Jesus hung on the cross, he, he hung there so completely, finished his mission. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why? To destroy the works of the devil. And he said, it is finished. It is finished. So we trust in that finished work on the cross, not in your own ability to believe. It's faith, listen, that you have been made new through Jesus Christ. You're now, you're, you're, no, you're not the new and improved version of Greg Mann. You're not the, you're not the, you're not, Greg, listen, when Greg got saved, Greg got saved, when, when Greg and Jane got filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean, it was right here and they came in this room and they sat over there and God moved the first day, right? The first day they came, I was talking about something controversial that Baptists wouldn't like. And I, and I love you, Baptists, but understand, we're, you know, we're, we're Christ followers first before any other label, title, denominational, anything. 
if you're anything above who you are in Christ, then you have a problem. But I, we've talked about it a little bit over the years that they came in and I was talking, I was talking about speaking in tongues. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And it made them squirm. But when they heard that word, received it by faith and said, well, it is in the Bible. And then I had done a whole teaching or something uh, and gave it to them or something. And, and, and you, is this right, Greg? And, and so this whole thing, and this is, gosh, 20-something years ago. But I'm just telling you, I can look around the room and I can see people that have been changed by the power of God, by the power of his word, and not just made better. See, the, 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 that's what I thought Christianity was because I was raised in church all my life. I didn't really receive Jesus till I was 19 years old. But, but all my life growing up, I just thought it was about being a good person. Be, you know, be kind to people and be kind to animals. Whatever, pleasantries, moralisms, doing the right thing. Know that you can do that all your life even in the name of God and not know Jesus and be transformed and still be stuck in your old nature. But, it, but if any man is in Christ, that's what we're gonna talk about today for a few minutes, okay? To be in Christ is not just to be, I'm a Christian. That's great. That's great. But what does that mean to you? What does that look like? Today I wanna talk to you about one thing, our, our new identity in Christ. One tiny word, in, changes everything. Let's be real. If somebody sticks their toe in the ocean, are they swimming? Yeah, we went to the beach and we went swimming. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You saw Jaws and you didn't want to do anything more than your toe. No, that's not swimming. That's, that's, that's what it is. You, you put your toe in the water. That's what people do with faith. They stick their toe in and test the temperature of the water, and then they decide whether they're going to put their ankle in or not. No, no, no. In. In. If a dip in the water may be closer, but to me, in is all in. Diving in. Fully wet, saturated, head and feet immersed in the water, engaged in the act of swimming. In means fully connected, committed, and contributing. Not, not, not I mean, listen, we're, we're not consuming. You're not, you're not coming to church. If you're coming to church to just get your word on and get your little fix this week, then you're not in. Because in is more, it's not a club, it's not a... To be in Christ, to be in him, is to be fully submerged, fully in him, fully connected, committed, and contributing. You're serving, you're not taking. You're coming in to serve and not be served. One of the buzzwords today, the latest fad, everybody wants to talk about is identity and identify. How do you choose to identify yourself? How do you choose to identify yourself? What are your pronouns? Come on, let's be honest. I learned pronouns when I was in like third grade. He, she, I, we, you, at they. We learned a little thing to get it. Remember, he, she, I, we, you, at they. He, she, I, we, you, at they. But it's interesting to me, everybody's arguing about pronouns. 
And the same people arguing about pronouns don't even know what to call God. Because God calls himself father, not parent. God identifies as father and calls himself he. Unless I checked, if God says it, then that kind of establishes it. That's that more than kind of, it establishes it. Can I just say, if you're struggling, we wanna help you. We're not here to mock people, but I'm, gonna, I'm surely gonna mock the ungodly reprobate minds that try to dictate the current culture, but we're not gonna hurt people. God can heal you, but I wanna say to you, if you're struggling with identity in certain aspects, it could be in any aspect of your life, God doesn't make mistakes. You were born with exactly the equipment he, God, your father, God, assigned. It wasn't arbitrary, it wasn't accidental. He made you to be who you are and not how the world defines you. And I don't care what the trend is. If there's confusion, it isn't on God's part. He's not confused. In fact, if the enemy of your soul has lied to you and you've had that confusion, it's settled at the cross and at your salvation because now if you were struggling, you might feel emotionally still struggling, but you're new in Christ. The moment you're born again, something happens to change you and, the, and all that other stuff doesn't find you. In him, there's neither Jew nor Greek nor male nor female. But we are one in Christ and we are heirs of salvation. We are joint heirs with Jesus through, through what Abraham did now pointed us to Jesus and what Jesus did now made us heirs of what Abraham has. Are you getting me? So what the, the, we, we get all flustered and all frustrated about all these definitions of identity. I wanna tell you, no, you are now, here's who you are, you're a brand new creation. Does that mean you don't have struggles? No, there can be, still be struggles, but you get into this word? This word is not an ancient history book. This word is a book of life. It's alive and it's still, God still speaks through his word and we are washed by the water of that word and that word lives inside of us as a seed and percolates. How can a young man cleanse his way? Psalm 119 says, but to keep it according to your word. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So now, I, when I got saved at 19, let me tell you something, I was, a, I was still a cigarette smoker. I was still a partier. I still had all these things going on in my world that were still up here. But God gradually began to change me and some things were instant and some things took a while. And some things my wife will tell you, God's still working on. But the point is, I don't, I'm not just a, the new, I'm, I'm not a, the, just a better citizen. You're, you're a good citizen now that you're a Christian. Well, yeah, you should be a good citizen. But, that, but that's religious tradition puts you in all these little boxes and puts God in his own little box. God is all enveloping. And now you're not what you were or who you were or who you feel or the way you feel. You trust his word more than feelings, <laughs> nothing more than feelings. Now that's 70s there, you don't, the 80s people don't remember that song. I hated that song, it was, on the, it was on the radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What was it, Freddie Fender or something like that? So anyway, feelings, it was a terrible thing. Uh, trying to forget my feelings of love. Anyway, 
feelings. No, I won't do it again. Second Corinthians 5.17. Does anybody remember that song besides me? Okay, somebody does. Okay. Name that tune. New creation, new life, fresh start, new reality. Not new and improved. The word says your new life, listen, is hidden with Christ in God. And the word Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means the anointed one and his powerful anointing, his presence that comes manifesting in your life. Let me read you Colossians chapter three. Very powerful. I think it's from the message here. I forgot to write down the, the, the reference. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life, listen, your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God, he is your life. My friends, all that stuff that we struggle with is legally under the blood. It's legally been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's legally been covered by, by that finished work at Calvary. All the devil's accusations and charges against you have been thrown out. Thrown out of heaven's court. Doesn't mean the enemy's not gonna try to bring it up to your brain, but you have power to cast down imaginations and take authority over them, right? And now, not only are you in Christ, the Bible says Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, is in you. That previous verse there says, your real life is with Christ in God. I'm fascinated by words, and I like the word within. Within. It's two words. With and in, right? To be within. That's what I'm talking about by not just sticking your toe in the water. Within means now I'm in something, but now it's in me too. And it change, that changes me. The new nature of Jesus and his finished work and what he did means it's not based on what I do anymore. He's already made me accepted He's already saved me. He's already filled me. He's already empowered me. He loves me. Just like you love your kids. Even when they mess up, you still love them. Even if you don't like them, you you love them, right? Come on. Talk to me today. (laughs) I heard recently in a congregation that the pastor was looking for an amen and nobody's amen and somebody brought in a secured, like a, a, a guide dog. The pastor said something, and the dog went, in the church. He goes, well, see, if you won't say amen, the dogs will cry out, you know? (laughs) Whatever it takes, pull on this word. Pull on this word, because this is something within. Why is it a big deal that Christ is in you? Why is that a big deal? He is with and in you. He's within you. Colossians 1.27 says this, to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What's the mystery? Among the Gentiles, not the Jewish people, the unsaved people, the the people that were outsiders. 
What's the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. What does that mean? That's not just about the hope of heaven. It's talking about the hope of his anointing and his power being revealed to the world and set on display in your life. In your life. Not by you being religious and being and slapping people with Bible words and, and religious, you know, talk, but about God's love, God's presence, his power moving through you and in you. Too many Christ followers feel so powerless today, coming out of the trauma of COVID isolation that's gaslighted so many people, brainwashed them into feeling like trapped victims. That's what we're talking about this month. In Joseph's dream, he saw himself with power and authority from God. And I submit to you, that's exactly what your, need, your dream needs to be centered around. God himself, Jesus, his finished work, and the power and authority from God in your life, in your world, in your influence. We call that the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says you'll be endued with power from on high. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, he will be, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he is with you, but will be in you, within, within, within. Though everything in this world system is positioned to try to push God or to push good people down and throw them around, God's power is active within you. Everybody say God's working. He's, listen, God's working on me. He's working on you. He's working on the situations. He's working redemptively, not judicially. He's working redemptively. He's working. His power is active. And that power that's at work in us is able to blow our minds with what God can do beyond our wildest dreams. You are commissioned. That's what Christ in you means. You are commissioned and enabled to reign in this life. Reign not like R-A-I-N, like sprinkle the world. I'm talking about you're enabled to reign, R-E-I-G-N, to reign like a king sits on a throne, like a queen sits on a throne. God bless her. Uh, precious Queen Elizabeth that's in heaven now. You know that lady, that dear lady, she stood for her faith in Jesus even as her society rejected Jesus. And every time I heard her speak, she, she, um, she was on in England and throughout the British Commonwealth every year at Christmas. And every year at Christmas, she, she put some of her testimony of knowing Jesus in, this lady reigned for 70 years on a throne in a world that doesn't like thrones. Man, honor. But the Bible says Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. You reign in him and with him. King Jesus abides in you. That's what Christ in you means, that you're no longer, why should you be afraid of a situation or circumstance when you're now not under something? If you're reigning, then you're sitting over it spiritually. You're, you're in authority. The Bible says we've been seated together with Jesus in heavenly places. We're seated with him. Let me read you a great scripture. I'm almost done. Romans 5, 17 says this. For if by the one man's offense, that's Adam, death reigned through the one, 
Much more. Everybody say much more. Much more more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You're being, we, we used to say this way, you're being trained to reign and schooled to rule. You're being prepared to reign with him. Um, read an article recently, it's so powerful, that one of the big traps of the enemy in our generation is to remove any hope of heaven or, in other words, if we all believe that heaven is gonna be, we're all sitting on clouds, growing angel wings and playing a harp. Who wants to do that for eternity? I don't. Do you? That's not, that's not a great aspiration. Who wants to go there? But the reality is that's, that's not what, how, the, how heaven is described. You know in heaven, you know every person that you know that's already in heaven is fulfilling their purpose still? They still have a purpose. We're not, we're not just sitting around singing kumbaya. Now we are worshiping, but part of our worship in heaven for eternity is the presence of Jesus as manifested with us, but we're still gonna be doing what he's called us to do and still gonna be recognizable. Don't let people fool you and heaven's gonna be boring. Heaven's gonna be boring. Heaven's gonna be loud. Whole lot of music. If you like music, heaven. heaven that, heaven's gonna be musical. It's gonna be, be loud. The Bible says they're, that with loud voices, they're raising up their voices and throwing down their crowns before him in worship. There's all kinds of things going on, but there's no scriptures that say that you're gonna turn into an angel, <clears throat> grow wings, sit on a cloud and play a harp. It's not there. That's Tom and Jerry. That's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Come on. That's, that's cartoonish, it really is. But in, your, in our minds, a lot of times we believe it. Christ in you is the hope of glory. The only hope for the world that's trapped in darkness is if you would flip on your light. If you turn on your light, and your light doesn't have to be religious, shouldn't be religious, I don't even like the word. Your light is not about cramming people you know, down their throats with your Bible. And you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, you shouldn't be doing that. When you let Christ reign in you and you now reign with him, you set the atmosphere at work without a word. You set an atmosphere every place you go Every step you take, you have power. Wherever the soles of your feet will tread this week, God has given you that space because Christ, the anointed one is anointed, is in you. You're not a victim of circumstance. You don't have to go, well, the the atmosphere is always negative. Well, turn on your light, sad sack. Turn on your light. You carry an atmosphere. You carry an atmosphere. You're, you're t- Listen, the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Act like it. 
Not that you're better, but that he's better. Carry that atmosphere of God's presence and power. God wants to move in your life, but you're being prepared to reign and you already reign too. It's now, but it's also coming. Little by little, step by step. Just one little example. I had a reminder the other day in my devotional that I read this a long time ago and I wrote, I wrote it down. I wanted to share this because I'm trying to think, how do you explain in, in, in something other than the swimming analogy? Come up here, Pastor Tristan. This is Pastor Tristan Kennedy. He's our student ministry pastor. I just want to say to you, if I've got a, yeah, give it up for Pastor Tristan Kennedy. He's got a new haircut. He looks great. Anyway, so, so let's say, so, so I got a boxing glove here, right? This boxing glove, powerful. You know, people get hurt boxing. You know, that's a tough thing. But if I, if I take this right now and I strike Pastor Tristan with this boxing glove, he's, he's not, look at that. He just stands there. He doesn't he, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't feel anything. I don't feel anything. Why? Because there's nothing inside it. That's your life without Jesus. Or your life in Jesus, but without knowing that he's in you. But what happens now? Help me, please, dear sir. What if I put my hand? See, if God gets inside this vessel, this empty glove, and fills you up. I mean, look at this now. <laughs> see, see, now I, I'm not going to hurt. He's my son-in-law. I don't want to hurt him most of the time. No. But think about that. If God can just get inside of you and you recognize that, there's, there's power there. There's power there. Let God fill you. Let the Holy Spirit, we sang that song, I love that new song, by the way. And the Holy Spirit will come when we ask him to. But what will he do? He doesn't just want to come on you. He did that in the Old Testament. He came on Samson. He came on David. But Jesus made it possible for him to come in you inside you. When God fills your vessel, your life, it changes everything. It changes everything about everything. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now you're going to have to get me out of this thing. Thank you so much. Very good. You know, why do we need to be filled, baptized, immersed, and saturated in the Holy Spirit? Because Christ, the anointed one, is anointing. Power and authority inside your life. When he fills you up, God's hand in your glove within makes all the difference. In Christ, you are saved. You are set free. You are forgiven. You're sanctified. You are healed. You are blessed and you are prosperous. Why would you be shrinking back? And afraid, you have the power and authority of Jesus in his name. My friends, the takeaway is this. The only way to fulfill your God dreams is to know, grow, and flow in your new creation potential in Christ. And I'll say it that way. It's potential. It's reality. 
but only if you believe it. Our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is in the God who fills, who sets us free, who fills us up, and we're no longer powerless. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, you're the one that causes your dreams to be in our hearts. You're the one who causes all things to work together for good because we love you and we're called according to your purpose. Holy Spirit, come into this place. Come into this room, but come into us. Fill every one of us with your presence. Immerse us in your grace. We need you more than ever, Jesus. It's all about you. We need you. Holy Spirit, come. Maybe you're here today and you never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You never actually made that. We talk about submit yourself to God, resist the devil. The first submission of, to God is to say, God, I'm turning over the reins of my life. I'm turning over the keys of my life to you. The Bible says, come to him. All you who are weary and heavy burdened, Jesus said, I'll give you rest. He said, come take my yoke, my leash, my harness upon your life. Because it's not like the harness of the world that keeps trying to enslave you. It's a, it's a harness that tries to set you free and liberate you. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Today, some of you are carrying around a lot more weights than you're supposed to be carrying. A lot more stresses, a lot more anxiety, a lot more pressures. But you are designed to cast your care upon him and to trust in him that is in you. If you're here today and you never received Jesus, maybe you're watching, I want to encourage you right now, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change me, forgive me. He'll do that. It doesn't have to be fancy. My prayer at the moment of actual salvation for me was, God, if you're real, I need you to show me. And he did. And he's been doing it ever since. Cry out to him. If you need prayer today, I wanna to pray for you right now. Sometimes we pray for people after church, but let me just say to you that when, the, when, the, when God is moving, that's the time to respond. Don't wait till afterward when the anointing is kind of shifting, people getting ready to go home and all kinds of stuff. If you need prayer right now, whatever you're going through, would you just lift your hand up right now? Maybe you wanna receive Jesus or you wanna, you just need prayer for healing or for freedom. Just lift your hands. Father, I pray for every person whose hand is raised, <clears throat> every person whose heart is open to you. And we invite you into that situation right now. Let the process get through. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit fill each one of them that they would see that the answer is not just something dropping from heaven, but them rising up with heaven on the inside already.
Jesus, breathe your life on them and make every crooked place straight. Bring wholeness, bring healing, and use them to be a light to others this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you get that word today? Put your hands together for him. It's his word. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.